Welcome. You're listening to the Gideon Warrior Radio Network. Look for us on TalkShoe.com. Type in keyword Gideon Warrior Network. And you can find us and other Israelite speakers at ChristianAmericanMinistries.com and AngloIsraelTruth.com. Please remember, your free will gifts and offerings help us to continue laboring in the vineyard. Please consider visiting our support page. We thank you for visiting our network and sites. It is our prayer you'll be edified by them. Here's the message, and thanks for listening. This is part five in the series, Men Becoming Men of God Again. We're going to title it, The Closing of the Door. Our message text is taken from Luke 13:24. We'll begin, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. Now the word strive is number 75 in the Greek concordance of Strong's and means to struggle, fight fervently, contend as with an adversary or endeavor to accomplish. Men becoming men of God again will be those who strive, struggle, fight fervently for the entry at the gate. Now scriptures such as Matthew 7 in the Sermon on the Mount as well as one may conclude Genesis 7:16, Revelation 3, John 10:7 to name a few, all refer to a door event. At Genesis 7.16, we have the closing of the door of the ark. Was not that door narrower than that chosen by those on the other side of the door? In Revelation chapters 2 and 3, the churches are admonished about hearing and learning and about a thief and a door. Christ tells us, quote, I am the door of the sheep at John 10.7. Men becoming men of God again are those obedient, God-fearing men who struggle, contend for, and desire to enter the door of the gate of the Good Shepherd. So this message has a subtitle, Contend for the Door of the Gate of the Good Shepherd. We'll begin with Christ's Sermon at the Mount at Matthew seven thirteen to 14 We are instructed, The wide path and the wide gate lead to destruction, but the small gate, the narrow path, leads to life. Does it not cause one to question, therefore, that if Christ is the door of the sheep and the door of the gate, why then is the church world instructing the people that those who call themselves Jews are God's chosen people? Jews do not regard the person of Jesus Christ. They deny him as the Messiah or Redeemer, as God in the flesh. Buddhists do not regard him. Islamists or Mohammedans do not. Men becoming men of God again should not be adverse to asking themselves and the church leaders across the land of America and indeed lands all over the world who these people really are. And what do they really believe? There are a number of messages on the ministry website which will aid you in answering those questions. Now back to our door of the gate, Jesus. He tells us that door of the gate leads to life. In verse 21, he expresses that life in the kingdom of heaven as doing the will of the Father. Once the ark door was closed, no one who may have come knocking as the rains persisted was allowed in. Likewise, in the door of the gate accounts given by Matthew 7 and Luke 13, once this door is closed by the Master, there is no pleading for entry, only wailing. Likewise, many will falsely and to their dismay find that although they will contend with the Master that they have prophesied in his name and done many miracles, Matthew 7.22, then he will say, Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or iniquity. What? He's going to be rejecting people who stand at the door knocking and pleading and wailing to be let in? 
And some of you are going to scoff and say, Oh, this is not the Jesus that I serve. You're exactly right. The Jesus you do not serve is the Jesus of verse 21. If you violate the will of the householder, you can expect to be rejected or, shall we say, denied access. The reason is because of disobedience to the will. And so it is with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He has given you the door of the sheep and the door of the gate. Jesus Christ, who ensures the gate door is opened for those who comply with the will of the Father. Now this is coming back to the 12-step program of Kingdom Citizenship of Part 7 in a previous series. What is the path or the road that leads to life? Perhaps John's revelation can shed some light from the end of the book at chapter 22, Revelation 14-15, to and I quote, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gate of the city. Outside are the dogs, and the sorcerers, and the immoral persons, and the murderers, and everyone who loves and practices lying. End quote. I find it interesting the dogs referred to in this verse has a cross-reference to Deuteronomy 23.18, which is right smack dab in the middle of the book of the law. It is obvious those teaching the law is done away are rejecting the householder's will. And just what is that will? That, men becoming men of God again, will wash their sin-stained robes so they may have right to the tree of life. And here it is that Jesus is telling us what Adam and Eve caused to be taken away, and I quote, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things, end quote, Revelation 22.16. Satan is the father of lies and of lying. Listen to the words of Jesus at John 8, begin at verse 44. Quote, you are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in truth, because there is no truth in him. Wherever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. End quote. Christ is the door of the gate. This is why it matters who God's people are. They are the men becoming men of God again who hear His voice. Error and vice is an easy way. Men's ears are open for destruction. Men becoming men of God again will be those who pursue truth in the world. Striving for this door of the gate of the tree of life is your salvation being referred to. And you may conclude it is a commandment or a command enter in at the straight gate. It is a precept principle of the certainty of your salvation. It is at the narrow gate being commanded by the shepherd of the sheep, the door of the sheep. Men becoming men of God again, you are to understand the implication in the precept. No, it is not accepting Jesus as your personal Savior, as the church world would like you to believe, and it is not a sinner's prayer. It presupposes, however, you are convicted of your need for salvation from the wickedness and sin of one's life, and the sincere repentant heart in acknowledgment of the gospel salvation revealed through Jesus Christ, of the wrath to come. In our last message we discussed the great and terrible day of the Lord, and this door of the sheep, the narrow door of the gate, is the man becoming man of God again's consequence of disobedience. You are to vigorously, fervently seek to enter the door of the gate. 
Also, the precept requires the man of God to be thoroughly informed regarding salvation and to guard against any error leading to it. Christ warns us it is a narrow path. Now let's look at the path or the narrow way. We'll go to John 14.6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus assured the disciples and Thomas that he did in fact know the way even though they could not understand where Jesus was going. At verse 10 Jesus tells Philip with the disciples, I am the Father and the Father is in me. Verse 15, if you love me you will keep my commandments. Verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and disclose myself to him." Men becoming men of God again, you are to understand and be fully informed of and in full belief of the gospel plan of salvation. This Son of God, Jesus Christ, is the door of the sheep, John 10.7, and he is the door of the gate. This is not an accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior salvation gospel, but rather an obedience salvation. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? Those who, from the pulpits, encourage and insist upon this outward act in accepting Jesus and letting him into your heart, are actually the first rejecting the outward acts necessary to be obedient to his commandments and his call for repentance and baptism. This is the narrow way. Any other way is the way of death and destruction. God's people in America and the world over have rejected his commandments concerning life. Instead, we accept the world's commandment. A woman's body is her own. She, rather than God, is the arbitrator of life's beginning. Millions of babies are killed before they are born. Result, destruction of millions of homes and relationships as the mental anguish haunts them for years. We reject his commands for quickly implementing a death penalty for crimes stipulated in his commands worthy of death. Result, rampant murder across the land. We reject God's economic commands. Our weights and measures are skewed by non-intrinsic value or paper currency, causing huge fluctuations in value or purchasing power. It is lent out at usury which enslaves and destroys future storehouses of wealth and wealth creation. Men, becoming men of God again, must once again believe his commands are because of and for his love. They are the way of life you strive or contend for. There should be nothing that we contend or strive for more than to become obedient to the commands that will set us free from the sure and certain death and destruction of the world wide way. It is our one faith, one body, one spirit, one Lord, God the Father, one baptism, as Ephesians 4, 4, 5, and 6 tells us, which we are to unite behind. Not a Tea Party movement, or a return to the Constitution, or conservatism, etc. There is but one way to the salvation of life. Men becoming men of God again become obedient to this way of the commands of God. Peter cautions us in 2 Peter 3.15 of the wisdom of Paul's words, in which are things hard to understand, which the unlearned and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. Dropping down to verse 17, Be on your guard that you are not carried away by the 
error of the wicked and fall from your own steadfastness. End quote. In other words, there will be those who will try to convince you that things hard to understand can be tweaked, twisted, distorted, as they do the rest of the scripture. And this error of the wicked leads to their own destruction. In spite of our Lord's patience and long-suffering, rejecting this way of salvation or being caught up with the error of the wicked so as to receive not the love of the truth, God will send them strong delusion that they would believe a lie. Second Thessalonians 2 Men becoming men of God again will strive to this love for the truth in this gospel of salvation and in truth love him who by grace freely granted this way of salvation by keeping his commandments. Men becoming men of God again and fully informed in the salvation gospel strive against violating these commands. Abstain from that which God forbids in his word. Jesus says it is love to keep his commands. Remember, not all who say, Lord, Lord, will enter in through the door of the gate, but he who does the will of the Father. Striving is not a temporary condition, but a perseverance in the love of the truth and the way and the life. It is not accepting Jesus as your personal Savior. No, it is an obedience to the gatekeeper, the householder, if you will. Then and only then is the door open to you. The modern church world loves to tell the people that if you fall away, sin, and return, Jesus receives you again. Why then does the scripture liken it to a dog returning to his vomit? Instead, Scripture tells us it is better for one to have not known the way of righteousness than to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Men becoming men of God again repent of this resistance to his will and strive or contend to enter at the straight gate. You can be certain God did not give this grace of his to dip it in the mire of rebellion and wickedness. No matter how freely this grace is given, common sense requires that God requires something of us. Let me try a couple of examples. It is becoming increasingly clear that God's people in the multitude of nations he promised them have been adopting and putting into practice laws of the Baal gods of old. The little book of Micah, chapter 6.16, tells us that they kept the statute of Omri. Like at no other time, God's people are communicating all over the world and are beginning to see they too are keeping statutes which are not God's. These false God promises of peace, happiness, and prosperity are fomenting a sense of entitlements among them, never once acknowledging that they have cast off the statutes of God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But they, like God's people in America, have not come to a love of the truth that these statutes of men, like the statutes of Omri of old, are not the statutes of God. Thirty-three years ago in my American history class, the teacher passed out U.S. News and World Report and announced that this was the study material which would uh, comprise 90% of the course, and the balance was of equally trifling substance. I raised my hand and sheepishly asked, Isn't this American history? Aren't we going to learn about the principles my ancestors fought and died to embody in the framework of our country and its godly heritage? The response was, American history is about current and world events and how we adapt to them. Well, a side note is, Mr. Meister had a large family of 11 children, reared and steeped, I might add, in Catholicism. 
My first paper, which was to account for 90% of the quarter's grade, was in regards to one of those events written in that propagandist trash. I did not give the teacher what I knew he wanted, but instead I countered it with what I read and had learned from my parents. And in that teaching of my parents, I learned to fear my dad for wrath and judgment's sake. And when I saw that D on my report card, I fretted about my dad's reaction and decided my answer to dad could only be to give him the paper I had written. Well, dad never said a word to me, but excused me for bed. He never questioned the grade from that class, and a C-minus was enough to pass, and apparently Mr. Meister must have seen some improvements in my indoctrination, as that was my final grade. You must be thinking, well, what in the world does that story have to do with the statutes of Omri? Well, it's quite simple, really. Mr. Meister cast off the statutes of God for the statutes of Catholicism. And in casting off the statutes of God, he likewise had no trouble casting off the rich godly heritage of the early pioneers to the North American continent, in keeping with the promises of Second Samuel 7.10, where he promised to plant them in a place of their own, one with unwalled villages where their enemies would not afflict them as formerly. Mr. Meister should have known the history of God's people and early church persecutions from the Church of Rome if he had truly loved history. He should have known America's pioneers sought to escape those persecutions, and for hundreds of years on the American continent they lived with the law of God on their hearts and practiced it with their neighbors. And there was a time that no statute of Omri or men which separated them from God. So you see, men becoming men of God again, how it was that Mr. Meister, this 10th grade history teacher, was indeed a child of the wicked seed. Did he not cause a little one to stumble? Why didn't he teach and enforce as the the Father did to teach and fear God, and in so doing to walk in the steps of righteous men who desired a country where their posterity could live and worship the God of their fathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? The answer, of course, is he was a terror amongst the wheat. Twenty-seven years ago, I also intended my first tea party. Only then it was called the Patriot Movement. Many of the leaders of that day could tell you all of the things being done contrary to the Constitution, such as income tax, not properly ratified, IRS abuses of power, fiat currency, Federal Reserve, constitutional rights, central banks, trilateralists, etc., ad nauseum. It took me only a couple of years to realize very few of them were talking about our nation's disobedience to the statutes of God. The Constitution does not save God's people from the enemies of God. God's Word does. The Constitution does not save God's people from egregious taxation. God's Word does. The Constitution does not save God's people from the hands of the money changers exacting from the people's wealth in the practice of usury. God's Word does. The Constitution does not save the people from forced health care legislation, but God's naturalized national health care does. God's law has been crucified on the altar of the Baal gods by the Baal priests. Now you see signs of pray Psalms 83, this scripture and that, and the latest seems to be Second Chronicles 7.14. However, the Tea Partiers 
are not heard and the signs do not reveal just three verses later at second chronicles seven seventeen the key to god's attentive ears is and i quote observe my institutions and decrees that from the farrar fenton and do according to all that i have commanded you and will keep my statutes and ordinances that from the new american standard and do according to all that i have commanded thee and shalt observe my statutes and judgments and that from the king james version so here we are as we come full circle men becoming men of god again will be those who strive to a love for observing the statutes of god and thus will find jesus the christ the keeper of the door of the gate the narrow way of the straight gate the simple abiding will of the father to keep observe and do all that he commands in spite of the obstacles of Baal gods, Baal priests, sons of the devil, and children of the wicked seed, and yes, even Satan himself. That striving is indispensable to your salvation, and the consequence of negligence is fatal. Men becoming men of God again can pray, indeed should be found praying, but the grace by which he hears and subsequently heals our land enjoins a turning or repentance from their ways the wide way many of our fathers of old could not have imagined a day to come such as on our land today wherein a gospel is preached that one can inherit eternal life without any endeavor of our own doctrines such as this have no merit and that is why the Baal priests and Baal gods have instituted the decrees or statutes of Baal such as separation of church and state, God's laws are done away in Christ, kill your children in your womb, disregard just weights and marishers, borrow every one from your, the exchanger, eat all that seems to be good to you for food, mingle your seeds, put your wives away for any reason, and so on and on and on. This is a Baal salvation gospel, disregarding any sense of guilt or repentance of the wide way. How can a man attain salvation and ignore the manifestation and revelation of the corruptible Baal practices of keeping the statutes of Omri of old? Rest assured, the scripture leaves no doubt. You cannot. Men becoming men of God again strive to enter the straight gate. Men becoming men of God again having knowledge of the gospel of Christ and yet neglect this principle of striving to attain that salvation will heap. Quote, wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. End quote. Romans 2.5 Christ likewise pronounced against those of Capernaum, Chorazin, Bethsaida, because they repented not a stricter judgment than Tyre, Sidon, and Sodom and Gomorrah. Matthew 11.21-24 And how about those at Hebrews 10.28? Quote, how much sore punishment than those who despise Moses' law? End quote. Men becoming men of God again, the narrow gate you strive to enter is the gate of life. Life unfettered by health concerns. Life free of confiscatory taxation. Life free of usury. Life free of economic hardships and burden, etc. It is to enter the heavenly kingdom where the eye hath not indeed seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. 1 Corinthians 2.9 
Men becoming men of God again do not neglect the things which pertain to the narrow way of the straight gate. The command demands action with a view to your salvation. It is not, as these unaccountable doctrines of Baal priests men, to just believe on Jesus. That, men becoming men of God again, is a damnable lie and a self-righteous spirit, and proof that those who profess it will be those outside the door saying, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy, and in thy name do many works. It is an irrefutable evidence of the ignorance of salvation. The definition we already reviewed of striving at the beginning of the message is not a suggestion, but it encapsulates other commands, such as fight the good fight of faith, wrestle, running a great race. They are applications of the principle of striving to enter at the straight gate. This is what de Tocqueville saw in America, a people aflame with righteousness, striving for the straight gate of salvation, imitators of God they were. Men becoming men of God again show themselves worthy of attaining the land again. People all over the world want to come to the shores of the continent of North America. They think of it as their land of opportunity for good or evil. They are no longer coming to it as the land whose people teach, profess, and practice the gospel way of salvation, the narrow path, the straight gate of the commands and statutes of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel, his people. The path or the way to America has widened to accept every one just as the Baal God priests of America have taught them accept and believe on Jesus. Men becoming men of God again strive to attain salvation and deliverance from the wrath of God and make all your endeavors to that end. Then he will hear from heaven and heal your land. Do not expect God to act while men refuse obedience to his commands. His commands are not grievous. In the words of the message text of Luke 13.24, Men becoming men of God again strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter it, and shall not be able. So you say, give us proof that God will act. Well, you might not like how he will act. At first, how about Proverbs 1, 28? Because I have called, and you have refused, I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded, but you have set it not all my counsel. I also will laugh at your calamity." Do you not see evidence of God's calling in America? Has not his hand of righteousness stretched out across the land, pleading for his people to take hold and walk in his affectionate, life-giving counsel? No, he says, you have refused. Continue, verse 31, Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way, and be filled with their own devices. As you have heard from the ministry, the goat groupies of America are not fleeing to God, but to their goats, their tea parties, their talk show and cable show hosts. The tea party will not save you from the calamity of America's own devices. Verse 33, quote, But whoso hearken unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. End quote. God said, quote, Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said it was a people that do err in their hearts, and they do not know my ways. 
unto whom I swear unto my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. End quote. Psalms 95, 10-11. God's people do not know his ways, and therefore do not enter the narrow gate, the gate of his enduring rest. Men becoming men of God again, do you now understand what it is and why it is that it is so important that the Baal gods, Baal priests, must remove his ways from your home, your schoolhouse, your economic institutions, your civil administration, your agricultural and industrial infrastructure. The only reason God's people perish is they do not regard the life-saving hand of God. Quote, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. End quote. Verse 23, Proverbs 1. And, quote, hear instruction and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, and watcheth daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. End quote. Proverbs 8, 33-34. Men becoming men of God again shall be found striving for the straight gate, the narrow ways of the Lord that leads to life, and salvation from the bail iniquity working enemies of God. This is the kingdom gospel message. This is Doug Nelson, trusting you will hear these words one day. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. <laughs>